On this week's episode, Mari and Anna talk to SA Executive Creative Director Randy Belcher. They discuss the process of copywriting, Detroit potholes, and Ulysses S. Grant. All that and more on this episode of ASAP. It's ASAP, a Strategic America podcast. And this is the theme song. And we don't have much time, just need it ASAP. Okay, thanks, bye. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of ASAP, a Strategic America podcast. I'm Mari Moroz. I am Anna Van Wardhuizen, and you don't have to learn how to spell it. <laughs> no one should. No one should. Not even me. <laughs> um, Anna and I both work on the public relations team here at SA, and we have the same job title. We do. And is, it's great when we introduce each other because we went to the same college, and so we're just the same. We're the same person. Yep. We're PR account coordinators, um, <laughs> if anybody needs help with that. Yeah, yeah. But we're really excited that we were chosen to speak with Randy Belcher today. Randy is kind of sort of new to Strategic America. Pretty new. I, I still have that new car smell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And you're our, exec- our new executive creative director. I am. I am. Which is... Sweet. That sounds like a lot of work. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, yes, because there's a lot of creative going on in the building. So, uh, yeah, I'm the guy that says yes, no, maybe. Let's just keep working on it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm the guy who says, why are we doing this? Uh, I I, I say that a lot. Why are we doing this? And it's not just because I'm new. I I said that at my previous job for 18 years. Why are we doing this? Because I always think it's healthy to, you know, to sort of question what we're doing and if there's a better way to do it yeah oh we're all about better way here all about finding that better way yes <laughs> i see it on the banners yes. outside <laughs> um that's in, so you mentioned you used to say this uh at your previous job tell us about where you came from how you got to strategic america um well my journey really starts uh i was um i have a journalism degree and after college i was the um the nighttime editor for a newspaper in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So I was actually the last person in the newsroom. So if anything, God forbid, went wrong, I had the obligation of remaking the paper. Mm. You know, one o'clock in the morning, if some horrific thing had happened and people needed to know the news, and this was before, honestly, before the Internet, I'm embarrassed to say, um, <laughs> This people actually read newspapers for news. So uh, I, I lived in fear that something would happen at like midnight. Um, mercifully, nothing ever did. Um, and I loved it. And I was a copy editor, so I'm a writer. So it kind of helped me, you know, understand how to get better writing done because you're editing other people's work. And um, But there was just a lot more money in advertising. So I did that and um, ended up, I'm from Richmond, Virginia. I ended up working at the Martin Agency. Um, and while I was there, uh, again, I like to say I'm the poster child of it's better to be lucky than good. Mm. Um, I'm good some days, <laughs> but I'm, I've been extraordinarily lucky. So when I was at the Martin Agency, I got an opportunity to work and pitch uh, the Geico business. And at the time, Geico was a very sleepy insurance company in um, uh, Washington, D.C. Geico stands for Government Employees Insurance Company. I did never realize yeah. that. Well, they, they, they taught us that at Drake. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, no. sorry. Um, sorry, Drake University. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's funny. Here's the lucky part. Um, I was really sort of doing a lot of direct response. I, I sort of, you know, cut my teeth on writing letters, and I, that's why I still love uh, direct mail, because 
it's a very intimate medium. You can you feel like you're just talking to someone on a personal level. And Geico was considered a direct response client because you had to put an 800 number. And there were so many art directors and writers at Martin who didn't want to have anything to do with it because it had that ugly 800 number. So Mm -hmm. believe it or not, one of the reasons why I'm here today is because somebody was very pretentious and didn't want to deal with it. And I raised my hand and said, well, I'll do it. So we pitched them and we pitched them 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. We pitched the idea of comedy. And, um, you know, I ended up working on it for 10 years and and I uh, worked on it through the invention of the gecko. And so, again, I was in the right place at the right time and I took advantage of that opportunity. I got a phone call one day when I was at Martin from um, this guy in Detroit, Michigan, and he said, do you want to come to Detroit? And I think I literally said to him, hell no. Um, (laughs) And I said something like, you're going to have to back a truckload of money up to my door if you want me to come. Because I thought Detroit was like hell. You know, I, had no, I, had, I had no interest in, I really had no interest in the Midwest, and I certainly had no interest in Detroit. I was going to say, you'd never been in the Midwest, so yeah. you didn't no, understand I was from, that. No, I was from the South, yeah. and, you know, I, I, I consider, I was a very proud Southerner. I, just, sure. I wanted to go to Atlanta, I wanted to go to Dallas, yeah, you know. I big spent, cities. Yeah, I spent some time in New York. So, um, so anyway, but I, I went, and it was kind of, you know, outside of the city of Detroit, it was kind of, uh, you know, a very, it was like Norman Rockwell parts of, of Michigan. So I went there and then I stayed there for 18 years oh, and wow. I really had enough of advertising. Again, right place at the right time, poster child. I was, I did a lot of interesting work with Bristol Myers Squibb when I was in Detroit. They were coming up with new cancer treatments. So I got a chance to uh, kind of tell the public about some of those things and got a chance to work with a lot of interesting causes when I was in Detroit. So again, Felt very lucky with a lot of the opportunities. But I got to the point where I was really tired of advertising. Mm -hmm. I I felt like after 18 years and after a career that I wanted to um, I I wanted to do do something that was more, um, you know, uh, giving back to the community. So believe it or not, I almost went to nursing school. Oh, wow. That's a dramatic change. Yeah, I almost went because I'd spent a lot of time in hospitals and I really admired what nurses did. My son's a doctor, so I had this fantasy I would just come go work for him. <laughs> um, so he'd be I, your boss. Yeah, he'd yeah. Be, and which I could totally, I could deal with that because I would just say no, you know, to him. <laughs> um, but um, so I, you know, at one point I was going to graduate school. I, I was like total. I want. I had this huge desire to, uh, you know, three hundred and sixty my life, and. Um, so I, I retired from donor, and then it didn't take, honestly, it took about a few weeks. And I realized that I, I really, really missed what I liked about advertising, which mm. was the writing part, um, working with people, and, um, you know, just um, the idea of sort of what's fun about this business is you get to play with other people's money and you get to come in and you get to make huge changes. And that's what I really missed. And uh, one day I I was just looking around on, um, I think it was Indeed, and I saw this agency called Strategic America. And my first thought, I don't know if anyone's ever had this observation about Strategic America. I'm excited for you. Well, my first thought was, (laughs) the first thought was, wow, that name. It sounds like 
if Marvel Studios were creating an ad agency, yeah. they would call it Strategic America. It was such a big name yeah. for, and I didn't know anything about Iowa. I didn't know anything about Des Moines. So I just started reading about it, and I thought, well, this is really interesting because um, a lot of the things that Strategic America was doing, I had done, healthcare, financial. Um, you had a lot of uh, you know uh, pro bono work, which I loved a lot. You know, Those are where you can make big creative impact. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, it was just eerie, the the sort of similarities. So I ended up writing, I don't know if you do use the premium service on LinkedIn or not, but yeah, I, I, I am I'm trying it out right now. I love it because it's a great it. way to yeah. talk to people mm -hmm. without actually connecting with them. That's what I love about it. So I literally sent a text to John and I just said, hey, I'm just, you know, this is who I am. And the, what blew me away was he answered like within a day. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times when you do these premium things with LinkedIn, you may never hear from people. It's always lucky for you. So I, I, I heard from them. And then I got on a phone call with Bruce and just in, we had mutual contacts that we knew in the business. And it was just a fun thing. So I'm thinking, you know, OK, this is kind of interesting. Des Moines wasn't on my radar screen, but I didn't. I didn't feel about it like I used to feel about Detroit because mm -hmm. I'd been in the Midwest. I totally get the Midwest sure. sensibility. So, um, yeah, so I, I talked to them and I, and I came here in November. And to me, I've kind of at this point in my life, you know, it's, everything's kind of like a wonderful bonus because I feel like, you know, I've done the advertising. Uh, I've You know, I've had a career. So, you know, this in a way I feel almost uh, more empowered than I've ever felt in my career because... I love the fact that it's a smaller shop. I love the fact there's so many things going on. I love the fact there's so many interesting opportunities that come in the door, sometimes every day. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm really having a lot of fun, which I couldn't say I was having, you know, two or three years ago, where I was just really tired of the grind. This feels totally new and totally fresh. And again, I feel like they've given me the responsibility to look at things and not just play in my swim lane, not mm -hmm. just here's the work, review the work, make the work better. I feel like I'm empowered to say all kinds of things across the board and kind of, you know, get involved in projects all over the agency. So I really, really like that. So I'm having a lot of fun. It's a long answer. I know you'll edit it out. <laughs> but that's sort of my story. That's how yeah. I ended up in Des Moines. That's awesome. I I would have never guessed a lot of those things, especially that change for you when you decided yeah. maybe advertising isn't wasn't for you. And then you came right back to it and realized that yeah. you loved it. Isn't well, I felt like I just, again, there wasn't anything left to do. And I just, what I didn't realize at the time that if I just kind of stepped out of my environment, there were a lot of things that could be done and needed to be done. I just needed a, I just needed a break. I needed a total perspective, a different perspective change. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've been doing for the last couple of months. That's awesome. Well, Thank we you. like essay too. It's yeah. a unique yeah. place for it sure. Is. It is unique. Mm -hmm. Unique in the sense that, you know, uh, they do a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And I've found the people to be, um, I don't mean this to sound weird or arrogant, but I, again, having come from very, very big agencies and international agencies, and um, I, I've been I've been so surprised at the talent level here. It's not that I didn't think people were talented. It's just, I, it's really surprised me. Yeah. Just some of the art directors are, you know, I just think there's a lot of talent here that just needs to be unleashed. So I guess that's 
part of my responsibility too is to unleash, <laughs> unleash, unleash the talent. Unleash yeah. the talent. That sounds again like a Marvel <laughs> sort of uh, comic book uh, analogy. We but need them as a client, apparently. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, they, we're, I, I like to tell. I, I do tell people that I work for a place called. Strategic America, Marvel's ad agency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd, be, that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. You uh, you mentioned you didn't have such negative feelings toward Des Moines as you did in Detroit. Is there anything that you really have found you love about Des Moines thus far? Oh, yes. You're going to have to edit this because I'm going to go on. <laughs> but it's really unusual things. Like the first thing that impressed me about Des Moines, um, believe it or not, was the roads. I know it sounds silly, but your roads are in really good shape compared to Michigan, for example. Oh, wow. And, uh, in Detroit, I tell people I used to own a Fiat, and uh, I like little small cars. But I finally had to give it up because it kept uh, I kept blowing out tires because of the potholes. Mm. Uh, Detroit, again, I, there's something about the roads in Michigan. It's very weird. I hear they we use bad asphalt or something. Hmm. But they're just in terrible, terrible shape. So the first thing that impressed me was, wow, this doesn't look like a decaying <laughs> rubble <laughs> of a community. So that, you get a check mark for that. And then it's lots of little things like... I'm in love with Hy-Vee. And I tell people, I know it sounds silly, but I tell people, you have the best grocery store in America. It, it took me a while to I, adjust because I'm from Minnesota. Yeah. And we didn't have Hy-Vee there either. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to be one of those high V people. And now I totally oh my God, am. <laughs> you have to be. I could live. I, it's funny. I tell people I, I, I'm sorry I got an apartment when I moved here because I could have just pitched a tent in, <laughs> in their bakery uh, department and been perfectly happy. <laughs> um, but it's just, again, quality of life here. I love the fact that everything is 15 minutes away. Mm -hmm. um, it, and again, I, I, I like just like hanging out in the I like to work in coffee shop so I, I like that kind of environment so mm -hmm. I love to hang out in the East Village area and work like I'm going to work there tomorrow afternoon I'm just going to end up there in a coffee shop doing some work because I just love that vibe and environment so um, yeah and I think the state capital is beautiful and um, so yeah I, I, I to me every, I, everything about Des Moines is easier than what it was in Detroit mm. from transportation to mm -hmm. quality of life to affordability. Uh, even my insurance like dropped like crazy. <laughs> in Michigan, it's a double whammy. We have terrible roads that will eat up your cars and we have the highest auto insurance rates in the country. It's a huge auto state though it is. isn't it yeah. it is but i was never a car guy mm -hmm. i never i worked on saab uh, a little bit when i was at the martin agency but i never were i never wanted to work on a car uh, account because to me it was too repetitive at the end of the day every car commercial is really the same mm -hmm. just a lot of running footage i would much rather work on quirkier accounts and again at martin i worked on cat litter i loved working on cat litter. <laughs> it was just so weird and fun. And I, I also love kind of really geeky, um, you know, um, industrial clients. I worked with a lot of Owens Corning stuff. And you think, how do you make roofing and insulation interesting? But we used to do comedy a lot for them, believe it or not. We did a lot of funny videos, mm -hmm. uh, weird testing scenarios of their products. So that's, you can always... I would, anything can be made interesting. Mm -hmm. and you could always find something, um, 
you know, interesting about even what appears on the surface, the dullest product. So I've always kind of approached it like that. Cool. 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 Um, you've given us a huge snapshot into your life. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go even deeper with Ooh. our next question. Okay. Who is a personal hero of yours? Um, you mean like, does it have to, does this person have to be living or Could be anybody? No. Um, you know, it's interesting in my office, I have a picture of, of Ulysses S. Grant. Mm. <laughs> and what I like about Grant's an interesting story about kind of, um, you know, rising above adversity. But what I loved about Grant was he was a guy who, um, you know, he just did his job and he, he, he didn't let anything sort of get in the way of, and they used to tell a story about Grant that, you know, you could wake him up at four o'clock in the morning and say, the enemy is outflanking us. And Grant <laughs> would very calmly walk over to his desk write out some orders to counter that, give them and go back to bed. And I love that about someone that you just so, uh, you know, you do your, you don't let anything get in the way of doing your job. Mm. Um, and I like that about, uh, I like that about him. Um, you know who I don't like that everybody, my, my, I'm not a huge fan of people like Steve Jobs. And that sounds weird. Mm. Um, but I just think, yeah, brilliant guy, but just, treated people so terribly and I, I, I want to believe you don't have to be you know what the what your brain gives you I'm a genius doesn't mean that you have to be a bad person doesn't have to always compensate like that mm -hmm. so I don't know I, I I would rather be a grant who just sort of quietly does your job and makes a difference and influence people in ways that you're not even knowing that you're influencing them versus you know, uh, versus getting away with murder just mm -hmm. because you have some good ideas. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. I feel like that's something that the world needs yeah, more of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to have a creative director that in Detroit uh, who put a picture, big picture of Steve Jobs in his office, and I went, oh, no, <laughs> this is going to be, this is not going to go well for us. <laughs> well, but it's a good way to uh, get an idea of who they are before yeah. they even say anything. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, okay, this is a Steve Jobs guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, speaking not of Steve Jobs, yes. but of <laughs> the idea of him, um, what is, do you, do you have a favorite brand? Um, I don't have a, a lot of people will answer Apple when you ask them yeah, this question. I, um, <laughs> I don't necessarily have a favorite brand. I, I admire what, cer how certain brands solve problems. Sure. Like, um, it's funny. I'm well, take Wells Fargo, for example. I actually, they did an ad campaign, uh, a few months ago where they basically said, you know, we really messed up. We, you know, we're going to recreate. You know, I think they used a line recreated in 2018. And I, I just appreciate them, the honesty of realizing that, wow, we really messed up a lot of people's lives. Let's let's step back and be honest. So I like brands that tend to take a very honest, authentic look at uh, their situation and, and deal with it. So of all the campaigns in the last year or so, that's the one that stands out. I just admire them for... Um, taking the stand that they did versus trying to gloss over it. So it's not certain brands that I admire so much as it is, um, you know, just um, the way that they handle problems. I do like Amazon, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, interesting. That's a really uh, cool take. I like, yeah. I like thinking about it that way, too. Um, that's a perfect 
segue into our next conversation. We're going to segue away. Well, this is all about you, but we're going to yes. segue just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we do that, we're going to quick cut to an ad with our good friend, Bree. Bree? Hey, listeners. Today's episode is brought to you by the 18th president of the United States, Ulysses S. Grant. In fact, in between winning battles, chatting with Abe Lincoln, taming horses, and raising his four children, Grant was very fond of podcasting and knew his retirement years were destined for insightful conversations recorded through a microphone. Grant did succumb to throat cancer in 1885, but you can catch some of his tales of bravery on episodes of his podcast, How I Made It to the Face of the $50 Bill. Remember to always be a nice person and don't let things get in the way of getting your job done. Ulysses S. Grant, gifted writer, great guy. Thanks, Bree. Um, so we were talking about brands before, so let's talk a little bit about when a company wants to like redefine their brand or just truly define their brand, what should that process start at? Um, that's an interesting question. It's funny because I'm trying to work. One of the things I'm working at in the East Village you know, in a coffee shop this Saturday about is I am trying to rebrand SA. Um, I'm working on our homepage. And it's an interesting thing because what you have to do is you have to kind of get out of the weeds and just try to look at things really not 30,000 feet, but almost 60,000 th- feet. What is the common denominator? Uh, for example, with SA, um, you know, by rebranding them, it's, I don't want to talk about channel marketing. That's just something we do. I'm trying to get to the essence of who we are mm-hmm. and why should a client care about that. So it's interesting. there are a lot of sort of opportunities in the agency like that. But I, I th- again, I think the first thing you do is you have to find what, what everything ladders up to. Um, it's interesting. I went through this exercise with an, bet- sort of in my retirement phase when I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and mm-hmm. I applied to nursing school, I was a buddy of mine owns a small agency in um, Detroit. And it's interesting because, again, not only did I find SA and say there were a lot of similarities, th- there were a lot of similarities with that very small agency. It was family run. They had the Michigan lottery. There was a lot of. At the same time, I was working with all these agencies that there were just so many, you know, commonalities. So, what they they said, will you help? brand us. And I spent a lot of time with them and talked to people. And again, I got to the point, they were, uh, they were turning 90 and they were kind of embarrassed by it. They, they were like, who, no one's going to hire a 90 year old agency. We sound really old. We can't possibly know how to do digital or mm. social. We're 90. Um, so I spent a lot of time trying to turn that into a positive for them. And we ended up with this line that, that kind of defined who they were. And to the point that they're, literally putting it on their wall as like a daily reminder to their people. And in their case, again, they were owned, they were a family owned company for 90 years. They had worked with a lot of big names, but nobody knew who they were. They were so far under the radar. Um, So we came up with this line for them, quietly making noise for generations, Mm -hmm. which seemed to fit who they were. Generations was a way to deal with the 90. Quietly was their under-the-radar personality. Making noise was they could claim they've had a lot of impact, even though you may not know who we are. So it's a very humble place. So they... 
that it seemed to fit them. So you have to kind of understand how, if you want to rebrand them, you have to understand how what what at its essence is um, the um, the defining culture of the place. Do you want you want to know what I think the defining culture of SA is? Oh, sneak peek! You heard it here, here first. Well, this will not end up as a headline, but if I had to, if again boil it all down, believe it or not, it's it's that people here give a damn. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds simplistic, but I've worked in places where that isn't always the yeah. case. And I think people give a damn here because I don't know if you have to censor me for that word, but not, <laughs> um, but because. Um, they have to. I mean, there's just too much work going on. There are too many things happening. There are too many interesting things happening. You can't really take, you can't just, you just can't mentally take, you know, a couple of days off here. There's just too many, again, too many interesting things happening, too mm-hmm. many things that need to get done. So, mm-hmm. again, that's not the headline on the website. But to me, that's how I, that's my starting point in figuring out, okay, so if this is a culture that gives a damn, how do I, express that so a client may find that interesting so that's really interesting to hear too especially since this is Anna and my's first job out of college yeah so this is our only experience working in the real world and so I always think oh my gosh people here work really hard they really care about their clients but it's really cool to hear from somebody who's worked in other places and knows other agencies are like to hear that too well it isn't even about just working hard Mm -hmm. I think it goes a little bit deeper it's about um Again, it's about taking an initiative, and uh, again, I like to use the the, the phrase "I don't want to pl- I don't want to play in my swim lane." I, I want to be involved in a variety of other things, not just quote unquote deal with creative. I I want to deal with you know anything from where is that creative gonna show up so I have lots of helpful advice for the media department, which I'm sure they enjoy, to how do I help create a culture that might attract other people like yourselves to SA Mm -hmm. the long run and try to attract new business here. So, um, again, everybody works hard. I've seen lots of people in agencies work hard. It's just that that sort of extra level of caring and passion that I find here that uh, I haven't necessarily seen in other places. Cool. Yeah, I think that's something you mentioned earlier, how they don't make you stay in a lane here at SA. And I I love that because I'm a PR account coordinator, but I also proofread. And that was just because I said, I want to proofread. Right. And now I write sometimes, too. And it was because I said, I want to write. Yeah. And nobody holds you back here. Yeah. And I think that's special. It's it's good to start your career at a small agency, I think, because you learn a lot of good habits. One of the first agencies I worked in was actually in Roanoke, Virginia, um, from where the news, I was, again, I went from the newspaper to a series of small agencies and I was trying to get back to Richmond where I lived. So I was working in Roanoke and it was the weirdest agency. I think there were like five people there and, uh, it was in this old converted house. And I remember the the owner lived upstairs. So it was not uncommon for the owner (laughs) to come down in his bathrobe in the morning, go in the kitchen and fix himself breakfast while we're all just trying to work as an agent. It was a, it was an interesting experience for sure. But again, as a, at a, when, when you work at a small agency, you tend to take on a lot of things mm-hmm. and that translates well in your, when you go on your career, when you tend to be a little bit more specialized yep. and uh, then you, you do tend to get in more of a swim lane essentially, mm-hmm. but that's okay because you've, you've had the experiences outside of it. Well, speaking of kind of your swim lane, mm-hmm. you are 
a writer. Yes. First and foremost. Yeah. And you really are doing a fun and awesome job of kind of bringing a bunch of writers yeah. in an essay together, which I know Anna and I really love. Mm-hmm. Um, does find like your writing process, do you have one? Yeah, I do. Uh, well, first off, I like to think I- I'm a good writer, and there are days when I'm like, ooh, you know, this is really good. I think I'm a much better editor, though, mm. and but and there's a very valuable... It's funny, because I always think in, in, in all processes, I tend to um, think an editor is the the key component in making anything work from when you do, you know, a television shoot, it's the editor who eventually makes sense of everything. Uh, maybe it's because I started out as a copy editor at the newspaper, but just, just sort of helping people find or finding within copy the thing that is really um, important, the, the, the thing that maybe isn't shining as much as it should. I, I love that process. But as a pure writer, I, I like to sit down um, and I like to write. I, I don't. I don't do any initial thinking on a computer. Maybe again, I, that's old school. But I literally like to have a pad and a pen, and I just start writing down stuff. And and a lot of times, what you have to do is you just have to clear the cobweb. You have to get the bad stuff out. You know. And I don't know. I just believe in this process of. Uh, there's something between your brain down to your arm to the pen to the paper that sort of becomes magical if you do it enough. And I, I do think writing is like exercising. You're just exercising your brain. And the more you do it, the more thinking you do, I think the better you become. The other secret, I think, to being a good writer is you just have to listen mm-hmm. to, you know, do a lot of good listening before you ever sit down. Whether So I love talking to clients uh, because you're always going to pick up something os- through osmosis that you're never going to get through someone, an account executive, translating Here's what the client said. Here are the notes. They're never going to listen the same way a writer is going to listen to. Mm. So I think, you know, having trying to get as much, um, you know, uh, experience with that client, speaking with them directly, you're going to learn a lot of things that are going to help you write something for them. Um, So, yeah, I think it's active listening. I think it's literally the physical writing out of ideas. Uh, I tend to like scribble all over things. And then I'll just grab all these notes and I'll put them in front of me. And sometimes I can't read them again, but I'm like, what did I mean here? And, I, and it's kind of just connecting the dots. Like for this essay project, I've just been scribbling for uh, two weeks. Just uh, if I've got 10 minutes, I'll think about something. I'll write a note, tear it off. And I've got a pile at home called my essay <laughs> notes. So at some point this weekend, I'm going to put them all out and try to you know, connect the dots of what I was trying to think of at the time. So it's just, it's a lot of work. I mean, I just think writing is work Mm -hmm. and you read writing and it it feels really fresh and, and you're inspired by it, but you don't realize that that probably went, that might've taken a paragraph might've taken an hour. Um, you know, if you'd seen it in its earlier form. So it's, it's definitely a craft and it's something you really, really have to work at. And Mm -hmm. I just think, Someone said writing is rewriting, and I really do believe that at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. There are moments when it kind of flows out and you get it right, but then there are moments when you just have to really keep, you know, plodding along at it, so. I feel like 
that's a perfect transition mm-hmm. to a, a another game. Another transition. <laughs> yeah, you're just setting them uh, up for us. <laughs> you're really setting them up well. Okay, all right. No, Anna, game. Uh, Anna and I came up with a fun game. We were really mm. excited to play with you. Okay. And we think you'll like the title of it. It's called Copy Edit This. Okay, okay. Uh, based off of what you do and what you love. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, you mentioned that you've worked with some big brands like Geico yeah. to help kind of understand who they are, what right. their brand is. Yeah. Um, and a lot of big brands have a tagline yeah. or a, a, a saying that is really well known, yeah. identifies the brand for mm-hmm. people to know that's exactly what they're about. That's right. their mission or, uh-huh. you know, whatever that looks like. Anna and I took four uh, really popular taglines okay. and took out all of the creativity, all of the good writing uh-huh. and made them horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'll throw in here. This was inspired by another podcast I listened to mm-hmm. where they took movie taglines and did the same thing. And we oh, thought this was a perfect. Okay. Um, so we're going to see if you can take our completely garbage taglines. Okay. Get back to the original and tell us what brand it was. Oh, okay. Ooh, that's a tough game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You want to you take the first one? Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, the first one is. Okay, perfect. So here is our yeah, first one. What currency do you keep in your cash purse? <laughs> That's uh, what's in your wallet. Yeah. Uh, by Capital One. You got it. Okay. Nice. Let's end on the hard one. So we'll say uh, the next one is the faster mess elimination paper product. The faster what? The faster mess elimination paper product. Oh, that's the quicker picker upper yeah. from Bounty. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one's not horribly difficult. Uh, do you possess dairy? Oh. <laughs> Got milk. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you know what brand that is? It's a hard one. It's not like a um it no, is it like the California milk producers or yeah, something like that? Yeah, it's exactly that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. incredible. Well that's going we on forever, that. yeah. It's a very like old tagline yeah, and yeah. yeah. So our final one is the place where good things and joy occur on the only planet in the solar system that houses human life. <laughs> Can you read that one again? Oh, I sure can. Um, The place where good things and joy occur on the only planet in the solar system that houses human life. Oh, it's something on Earth, but the something best something on Earth. But I don't know what this is, I must confess. The best... Read it again, I'm sorry. (laughs) The place where good things and joy occur on the only planet in the solar system that houses human life. Oh, well, you stumped me. I have no idea what this is. (laughs) This one is the happiest place on Earth, Disney. Oh, Disney. Oh, okay. (laughs) That one we really jumbled up. (laughs) Yeah, you did. You did. You totally stumped me on that one. (laughs) Well, uh, Randy, this was so fun. It was fun to be able to learn more about you, Mm -hmm. um, your writing process, how you... Kind of take a brand, uh, take a hold of a brand. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we had a lot of fun. Good. Yes. I'm so glad. Uh, it was my pleasure. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for tuning in for this episode of ASAP, a Strategic America podcast. We'll be back again soon. ASAP, a Strategic America podcast, is produced inside the walls of Strategic America, a marketing agency located in West Des Moines, Iowa. Visit strategicamerica.com ASAP for more.